Thanks for joining us for another great message from Futures Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to futures.church. And now for our message. It is great to be home and it's great to share with you today uh, something that I really believe is a game changer for your life. You know, God created His Word to be game-changing, but not in the way necessarily that we always go after. What we go after is we're looking for the miracle that comes out of nowhere, the thing that happens just because God did it sovereignly. And yes, we need to go after that. But what God has done is so miraculous in the way He's woven the world and the things and the principles of the world together that if you understand how to hook in What it's like doing, it's like being in a house that's dark and then you're able to find where the electricity is and when you turn the electricity on, boom, light happens and you see things, you experience things, power comes, you can iron the clothes, cook your dinner, you can do all the things that that power gives you. And all you had to do was hook into it, it already was there. And God's hardwired His universe and His world with those things, those things that speed up your life, the things that get, allow you to come back from the brink, that allow you to recover from a divorce, to get back from uh, uh, the loss of a business, uh, uh, from sickness. It's the thing that God has placed into His creation so that we would understand that the super on our natural is what drives life. And then on top of that, God does His sovereign miracles. And so, you know, one of the things I love is I love shortcuts. Anyone here love getting around peak hour traffic. Anyone love knowing how to get to the airport around the back streets that nobody knows except the Uber drivers? I love shortcuts because it feels like I'm winning. I'm getting ahead. I'm bypassing the chaos. I'm getting into the place I need to be as quickly as possible. I love that feeling. And that's, you know, what God wants us to understand. So today's message is all about that because if you can understand how God creates faith in us and how God's currency works, faith is such an ethereal thing for a lot of people. You know, we call people who just go to church people of faith. Well, they're not people of faith, they're just religious people. The person who's filled with this supernatural substance that God gives to us when we hear His Word is called faith. It's the currency that changes everything. And I know I like to preach about this often because if we can understand it, I know for me, I sat in ignorance for so long, not understanding faith, not understanding how it works, being so confined and restricted by my life circumstances and inabilities until I wrestle wrestle this thing to the ground and I started to understand how does God wire His world so all I have to do is plug in to the power source and get what I need. It is great to be home. I'm not sure which church I'm in. So as I was driving into Crow Road, I saw it was Influencers Church and then I drove past the Future Search sign and I came to the front, it was Influencers Church. And so, I, you know, I'm a bit confused today and it sounds like our pastors here are confused as well. And it's no wonder, but back to the sermon. Okay. 
So God wants you to understand this really basic principle. And God, right through His Word, as, as Pastor Josh said, this is not a motivational message. This is not an inspirational message. It's not a pastoral message. This is a theological message. This is the study of God. How God works. Because if you can work out the master key, it's a bit like having those side streets that get you around all the chaos and the snarling traffic and all the stops. It allows you to free flow your life into the place that God wants you to be. It allows you to come back. And it's so powerful that God's got it everywhere through Scripture. Now, Romans 1, very famous Scripture that we read in verse 20 says this. I'll read it to you because I don't think they've got it. But it says this, Ever since the world was created, people have seen what God created. And through everything God made, they can clearly see His invisible qualities. In other words, through the visible things you see, you're able to understand the invisible things of God that you can't see. It says His invisible qualities, His eternal power, and His divine nature. So it made me start to look around at nature. And one of the things to look at, because the Bible says we were made in His image, is to look at us. And the Bible says we're wonderfully and fearfully made. And we often confine that to a very narrow understanding of what that is. Oh, you're beautiful, you've got abilities and all that kind of stuff. But maybe if we go a bit deeper and under, go down to the cellular level and understand how God made every human being. Every one of us was born when 23 chromosomes from your father and 23 chromosomes from your mother had fellowship, came together and formed one cell. We all look the same on day one, just one cell. Now, God could have brought us through a target delivery system. He could have brought us through the post office, uh, dropping it off. They still drop off mail these days? I don't know. But, you know, uh, I, I was been around long enough to remember the milk came to your front door. God could have brought you to the front door by the milkman. He could have brought us through Amazon. He could have brought us through the stork that we read about in nursery rhymes when I was a kid. He could have brought us anyway. I think He's God. He could have had us shipped in. He could have had spacecraft land. He could have had anything he wanted. And what does God do? Get 23 chromosomes, 23 chromosomes, put it together, become one living cell, one conception's created. And then immediately, in a second, in a flash, it starts to multiply. And it goes from one to two to four to eight to 16 to 32 to 64 to 128 to 256 to 512 to 1024 to 2048 to 4096 to 8192 to 16,384. And that's as far as it goes. And it keeps on going to billions of cells. And did you know every second your body is producing millions of cells? In minutes, it's billions of cells and that if you stop producing cells, stop multiplying, you'd be dead in five minutes. Now, why did God do that? Surely there's a simpler way. But God wanted to put His theology, the study of God, into your biology. So by looking at your biology, you would understand Him. He said through the visible things you can see, you can understand the invisible things you can't see. So you're a marvel of this supernatural process. In fact, if you stop multiplying, you die. In fact, when a person has cancer, it's, what do they do with chemo? Is try to stop the body multiplying. And that's why chemo is often worse. The cure is worse than the disease. It feels like that, right? Because it's killing everything. It's slowing everything down. 
We're a marvel of creation that is a multiplying machine. You are a multiplying machine. And God's so profound that God decided that's how He'd make the whole world. You are the embodiment of it in the greatest way possible. This intellect that's able to continue to develop, this body that's able to continue to develop with a bit of extra work. It's a bit... His ability for our emotions to constantly get stronger and richer and more powerful and more, uh, and more less chaotic and less problematic and less broken. God's given us the ability to do those things in our biology so we would understand how God thinks. Because if you can understand how God thinks, then you can plug into GI, not AI. God intelligence, not artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence may prove to be just like Diet Coke. Looks like the real thing, but isn't the real thing. Now here's the thing, GI, God intelligence. I mean, I love chat GBT, I gotta tell you. It is getting a little bit politically correct, but the point is, when I was the, one of the first adopters of that chat GBT, I saw immediately how my life would change. It's been incredible, I've been able to write resumes I haven't written any sermons from ChatGPT, just so you know. Very inferior thinking on ChatGPT when it comes to sermons. But the point is, I've got an assistant. Now, Tina was my assistant for 20 years and she was awesome. But now I've got an assistant that's awake all the time. An assistant who never gets tired of my questions. An assistant that's always happy to answer, always got an answer. Always ready. It is awesome. If you've not yet tapped into it, I want to tell you something. It'll change your life. It's as important to the world as the Google search was 25 years ago. Though it may cause us some problems in the future, we won't go there. Just to give you the idea that God's intelligence is superior to that. And God wants you to understand how that works. So our survivability depends on our ability to live large, to live big, to think that our bodies are constantly reprocessing, rebuilding. You're shedding skin. Some of us are shedding, literally, I was gonna say acres of skin, but I meant, I meant ounces of skin. You're shedding grams of skin, right? Your whole skeleton rebuilds itself in 10 years. It's just a marvelous thing to look at the body of a human being. But your survivability depends on your understanding of this. Now, the whole world is the same. How you know, They're talking about population control. Truth is this, God's wired the world so now how much population there is, made in His image, it can survive and it can be fed. Why? Because the whole world, He says to Noah in Genesis 8, while the world is, there'll be seed time and harvest. It's never going to go away. There's always going to be enough food for everybody if we had enough compassion. Everybody in the world could be fed Easily. Have you ever thought about why wind was created? Right? The beautiful breeze and then the wind. Well, every time the wind blows, sounds like a song from the 60s. Every time the wind blows, all over the world, trillions of processes of multiplication start. Seeds start to be planted. Things start to fly from this country to that country. The wind blows. In fact, they did a... Uh, an experiment in the 80s about life off the earth and they created this thing called the biosphere. I think it was called that. And uh, they put man in there and they had this big experiment. If you lived in the 80s, you might have remembered some of this. It was in America, I think in Phoenix in a desert somewhere, they created these uh, domes and people lived in there and they grew plants and they had water and they had all this stuff and they were trying to mimic life 
off earth and could man survive? And it was going so well. And then, of course, you didn't hear about it, right? Well, what happened was, at least part of the thing that took place was all these trees began to grow. It was amazing. All the stuff began to just flourish. The oxygen was there. The water was there. And then one day, all these massive trees just fell over. And what they thought, How, what's happened? And what they realised was there was no wind. And the wind's purpose not only brings multiplication, but it causes trees to be strong. It makes them put down roots. These had no wind, therefore they fell over because they grew too big with little roots. So when everything goes well in our lives, remember this. People, when things go well, you never dig deep roots. It's only when things come like the wind and the storms that you put down your roots. So guess what? Thank God for the wind. The wind and the waves. Now God wants us to walk on them. He wants us to understand how it works. But every time the wind blows, this process that keeps the earth flourishing and moving forward happens. Why? Because God's theology is wired not only into our biology, but into nature. Then God creates man. He's created the moon and the stars, the created the wind, he's created the oceans, he's created the earth, he's created the plants, he's created the animals, then he creates man. And you would think that God would have some thoughts to say to man. So what's the first command God gives man? Well, the first command God gives man is found in Genesis 1, and it says this, and God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Let's read that again. Be fruitful and multiply. First command. Now remember, Adam and Eve were made, so they got no idea what this multiplication is. They, they weren't like us coming as one cell that multiplied into billions of cells. They were just made. They had no idea. They had no sense of understanding of what God was talking about. They had no children. They'd never seen it. They, weren't the, they had no parents. They had no ability to understand it. And maybe you're like that. Maybe not that you were made, but the fact that you don't have any understanding of what this all means. That God has created this supernatural phenomena for our use to live our lives so that our joy multiplies, our family multiplies, our faith multiplies, our life multiplies. I remember when I started, I was so narrow in my gifts, but God has multiplied my gifts. As I've used my gifts, as I've sown seed, what God's done is multiplied my gifts, widened my gift mix, given me more. I've asked God, give me faith. And now, instead of just wrestling with faith, I've now asked Him for the gift of faith and He gave it to me. I asked Him for wisdom and He multiplied it into my life, not just through bad life experience, but just supernaturally understanding how to get it into my life. So imagine God comes to Adam and Eve who know nothing about what this even means and He says, be fruitful, not learn about it. He just says, be fruitful and multiply. So today, if you don't know what this means, I'm here to tell you it's a command from God. God's wanting to get you to move forward. He wants to rapidly increase you. And in fact, in one of the Gospels, in fact, all four of the Gospels, it talks about the parable of the sower and the seed. It is the great quintessential parable of Jesus that shows us what happens when our soil, our heart is good and God's Word, which is depicted as a seed, why is the kingdom of heaven depicted as a seed? Because of its ability to multiply. Seeds don't look good, but guess what? Their ability to produce is astronomical. And he says, listen, 
I want you to be a person whose heart is good because if the Word of God, which comes by hearing like today, as you hear the Word of God, as it's planted in your life, if it goes deep into your ignorance but into good soil, he says this, it'll produce 30x, 60x or 100x. When God talks about His Word being planted in your heart, it's a multiplying effect. If it falls into shallow soil, it grows quickly, then dies. If it falls into hard soil, it's gone before you leave the car park. But if it falls into good soil, guess what happens? It produces 30x, 60x, and 100x. Think about your life. Think about your children. Think about your family. Think about your finances. Think about your job. Think about your career. This is what allows people to make a comeback. This is what allows people to rise from seemingly uh, occupational death. See what helps us to move forward when everyone is moving backwards. To be the head and not the tail, how does that work? Well, it works with the power of faith plugged into this idea of multiplication that God put into the earth so that we can live large. Oh my goodness, it's incredible. And he speaks into their lack of understanding. Maybe today God's speaking to your lack of understanding and says, listen, it's been a struggle. And I've got this theory that straight after Adam and Eve sinned, the rest for another hundreds of years, there was such hard toil and then Lamech calls his son who's about to be born. He says, I'm going to call him Noah for he's going to bring us rest from this toil. And prophetically speaks into being. And then after the flood, God comes to Noah and reminds him of the principle that I'm going to, re I'm going to re reboot for you. And he says in chapter nine, he says this. He says, then God blessed Noah and his son saying to them, everybody say it together, be fruitful and multiply in number and fill the earth. Then verse seven, just six verses later, he says, as for you, be fruitful and multiply on the earth and increase upon it. Now, what's really interesting is that he's spoken to Adam's lack of knowledge and he speaks now into Noah's bad experiences. As Noah looks upon the earth that was once beautiful, he just sees devastation. Those floods and the waters of the deep and the heavens that have rained have destroyed the entire earth, killed everything, destroyed and flattened everything. And as he looks across the earth, there's nothing. And God says to him, hey, I see you in your devastation. I see you in the trouble. I see in what's just happened, the storm that's taken everything out. And I wanna tell you, Noah, there's a way to make a comeback. Be fruitful and multiply. And so God speaks into our lack of understanding and He speaks into our problems and our pain. And He says, you may have been through a divorce, you may have been through trouble in your business, you may have been through pain and suffering in your body, but I'm telling you, be fruitful and multiply. I want you to know, come on, it doesn't matter what's happened yesterday, it's about what you do now. Plug in to my supernatural understanding of who I am. I wired you to be a product of multiplication. Look at your own body, it's a marvel of my theology and be fruitful and multiply. I wanna to read to you some scriptures just in case you think it's just motivation. Let's read the Bible. It says this, Genesis twenty-two seventeen. I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants upon beyond number. This is him talking to Abraham. Chapter 35 says, then God said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Because I'm El Shaddai, be fruitful and multiply. You have a responsibility because I'm God and God, I'm in your life. Be fruitful and multiply. Leviticus 26, for I will be leaning towards you, says God, with favour 
and regard for you, rendering you fruitful and multiplying you. You see, God's so committed to this idea that in John chapter 15, when Jesus is giving the famous discourse on the, the vine and the branches, he says, I am the vine, you're the branches. He's so committed to multiplication. He says, every branch that doesn't multiply, I cut off. And every branch that is producing, I prune. When we look back sometimes at our lives, God actually cut people out and things off because they were dead and they weren't helping me multiply, God was actually helping me move forward and I didn't even realise it because it felt painful when they cut that branch. And even when He prunes me, it feels painful because He's taken away all the fluff that I was enjoying. God's so committed to it that the universe is expanding all the time. Scientists say it's just constantly expanding. Why is that? Because God can't help Himself. He's a multiplier. Let's have another galaxy, another solar system, another planet, another sun. Oh, maybe five billion more. He can't help it. If your body is billions and trillions of cells and they were made by God, imagine what He can do with everything else that's inferior to the highest creation, which is you. He can multiply your world. He can multiply your relationships. He can multiply your joy. He can multiply your energy. He can multiply your health. He can multiply your strength. He can multiply your family. He can multiply your job. He can take you from the back to the front in five seconds. If I've, even if I've been behind for 10 years, at 30X, I can move forward just in a couple. This is the God we serve. That's why we have hope all day, all night for the God. And I'm gonna plug into His supernatural design so that my life is constantly moving forward. That's why I'm stronger, more intelligent, more with it than I've ever been in my entire life. More alive, more potent, more energetic than people half my age. And I'll get more energetic because I'm gonna multiply. <laughs> Woo, come on. Even when I'm an old person, I'm gonna multiply. I'm only halfway through my abilities being released to the world. You think you've seen some good things, you've seen nothing because He's such a God of multiplication that He's constantly multiplying. He chooses the oldest man in the world and the oldest woman and He says, you want to multiply and you can't, so I'm gonna help you. And the father of faith, that he wants us to continually look back to is Abraham who wanted to but couldn't. And God says, I'm gonna take this 75-year-old guy, I'm gonna give him a promise, I'm gonna wait till he's 100, till he's barely alive. And then I'm gonna multiply him and then boom, he has a great decade and then God says, give me back your son. Why would God be so mean? That's what we think. Of course, in Hebrews, it says that Abraham was convinced that if he did give back to God, his son, God would raise him from the dead anyway. So he was able to trust God. The truth is, God requested back his present because even Abraham had settled down. I'm just happy with one kid. It's not a, mess a message about you having more children, by the way, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> The application is a bit vaster than this. But he says to Abraham, I want that kid back. Why? Because you've forgotten 
what I commanded you to do. I said your, your descendants would be like the stars of the sky. Can you count them? Go down to the sand of the seashore. Can you count it? So your descendants would be. And you're happy with one? Give him back. Okay, God, I give him back. And then at the last moment, he stays his hand and says, by the way, I'm Jehovah Jireh, your provider. Look in the thicket, there's a ram. And then God says, because you've not withheld your only son, I'm gonna cause the thing you gave back to me and allowed me to put my multiplication power on to become the way that you become a father of nations. And he re-enacts his covenant with Abraham. He does the same with Isaac. He does the same with Jacob. He does it all the way through the Bible. And Jesus' last command is what? Have a good life, be a good Christian. He says, you go into all the world and you tell everybody. I was traveling through a country this week and I was in an Uber and I decided to talk to the Uber driver. And she was a Korean lady. And of course, where I live, there's about 200,000 Koreans in that just county. So while I can't speak Korean, I understand some of the culture told her my famous story in Inchin Airport, how, how I knew for the first time that the born identity was a real thing. As I, anyway, it's a long story, I won't tell you today. Anyway, she asked me this question, she got interested after a while. She said, what do you do? I said, I'm a pastor, or a pastor for you. And I said, she said, well, answer this question for me. I read an article that says this percentage of pastors have doubts about the Bible. Whatever she said, it was like 50% or something like that. I said, really? I've not seen that. But I said, I'm on the other 50%. I have no doubts. And then I began to tell her why I have no doubts, how I encountered Jesus personally on my quest to find truth. I said, because if this is not true, let's just pack up and go to the movies. There are easier jobs than this. Better jobs, better paying jobs than this. This is not real, let's give it up. But if it is real, let's plug in and do it properly. Live a good life, full of faith and full of multiplication, right? And so I started telling her my story and telling her about how Nathan, God spoke to him audibly on the bottom of a pool and her eyes started going like this. Tears started rolling down my face as I started talking about Jesus to her in the Uber. And I'm gonna tell you something, she was so under conviction as we drove down that 20 minute drive. She just was just looking at me louder and louder, like, Bigger eyes, bigger eyes, but her heart, you could feel God. You see, God had told me not to sit in my Uber, but to tell someone about Jesus. I'm meant to multiply, right? I'm meant to tell people, sow some seed. And I know that she's gonna come to Jesus because I felt it when I said to her, and then I gave her a big tip. So I'm making a big investment in this, in this soul winning moment. <laughs> you see, I asked God to multiply the gifts of my life. I've asked God to multiply. I was so dopey. I was so weak. I asked God, God, would you help me multiply my gifts? You said in the parable of the talents, you were faithful in the two, I'll give you two more. 
You were faithful in five, I'll give you five more. God, that's the multiplication power. So God, I want that in my life. I wanna live as a multiplier. I see it in my biology. I understand your theology. I wanna live like this. I wanna do this. And I started to do that and God has changed my life. Here's my question for you. Where are you living? Where are you living as we come into this heart for the house season, as we talk about living large, we talk about what God wants to do, where are you living? Let me read a couple of scriptures to you and then we're gonna move into the next part of the service. Deuteronomy 8 says this, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all that you have is multiplied, right? And may, I, and may the Lord, the God of your ancestors, multiply you a thousand times over and bless you. Deuteronomy 1.11, the message says, and may God, the God of your fathers, keep it up and multiply you a thousand times. Bless you just as He promised. Deuteronomy, and He will love you, bless you and multiply you. He will also bless the fruit of your body and the fruit of your land and the fruit of your grain and the fruit of your new wine and your oil and the increase of your cattle and the young of your flock and the land which He swore to your fathers to give you. Luke, and it'll all come back multiplied many times over in your lifetime and then the bonus of eternal life. And then this kicker, 2 Corinthians 9 says this, it says, and God who provides seed, the word seed is the Greek word sperm, who provides life-giving seed that has the ability to multiply. He gives it to spiros, the sower, the Greek word for sower is spiros, the guy who wants to multiply. I'll give you resources for multiplying that on every occasion, in every circumstance, you'll have the resources to do what I want you to do. That's how I want you to live, plugged in. I'm telling you here today that God wants to multiply your peace, your joy, your finances, your relationships, your career. He wants to draw you out of what you're in, put you into a new season of life. And I wanna pray for you right now. And then we're gonna move into the next part. But do you know what? God wants to put your, to the next week, we're gonna do this over four weeks, but next week, I promise you, do not miss it because you'll find out about the eternal struggle between God and man and how to beat it. Then we'll talk about how. But Father, right now, for every person in the room, every person online, I pray that you would just fill them with faith today. Inspire them to go back to your word and see where multiplication not just applies to children, it applies to every part of our life. That your theology is in our biology. You tell us that the whole world is built on this idea, not of just eking an existence out or getting a bit forward, but to multiply in our emotions, our heart, our intellect, our bodies and our Every part of our life today, Lord, as we look back at what you've done in the last year and look forward at what you're about to do, fill us with joy, fill us with power, fill us with faith. In Jesus' name, amen. I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you and inspired you. You know, we may never have met, I may not know you, but God knows you. And I'll tell you today, God loves you. That even before you knew about him, he loved you. And he has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So He sent His Son, Jesus, to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, He said, I will take their place. So He died and rose again so that His death could pay the penalty for my mistakes in my past and His life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did and when you invite Him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, joy, 
purpose and life like you've never known before. It's not about what we've done or who we're not. It's about that we have a God who's good, who can turn things for good and loves you. He's a father, he's a friend, and you can invite him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm gonna say this prayer and wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. You know what, maybe he's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, Thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. I pray you forgive me for my past and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy and your hope into my life. I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am in Jesus name. Amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace, and the love of God comes into your life. You know what? The past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace, and the Word of God go with you from this day forward. And I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer or you want to know more, maybe you're on the journey, why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you, and we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey of following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.